Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. It's Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents the rivalry baseball game of the week in Southeast Iowa. And we have a Nathan Piercy, sports director for KMCD. Welcome to the program, Nathan. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's uh, give a quick rundown of the first game of the doubleheader that, that we saw. Well, the uh, Fairfield Trojans won 9-1 to over Washington at home. It was a great pitch game by Nate Smithberg of the Fairfield Trojans. He went five innings, allowed just two hits, no runs, uh, I believe one walk, and he struck out six. And also a lot of free passes given up by the Washington pitching, and that really helped the Fairfield Trojans put up those nine runs, as I believe they only got six hits in that game. So a uh, pressing outing in terms of their patience at the plate, the Fairfield Trojans, and Overall, a great pitching performance by Nate Smithberg as well on the mound. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the first inning, Washington's pitcher, I think it was Striegel that started, he looked excellent. You know what I mean? He yeah. went right through the batters. And then for some reason, he came out in the sixth inning and he, second inning, and he just couldn't throw any strikes. And then he loaded the yeah. bases, and he hit guys and gave up a hit. And then he was three runs down. And then they brought that good-looking uh, first baseman that they got in uh, Washington. Uh, as Cole Williams, I think, is his name. Yes, yep. And uh, he, he fared a little better, but uh, like I say, it's a game of inches, and there's a little foul right. ball pop-up that was just missed by an inch or two by a couple different Washington Demons, and then followed by a, a, a double that cleared the bases. Uh, who was that kid that hit that double? Yeah, that, uh, that was Brad Woodburn. He... He came into this one. He was batting 343, and uh, that's what he does pretty well. He did that really all year last year and has continued to do so this year after a bit of a slow start. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, first inning, I thought we were going to have a pitcher's duel. I, both pitchers gave up one base runner through that first inning, and I thought we were in for a battle in a 2-1 in a ball game. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Slagle was not able to get out of that second inning. Hardly really only got one out. Uh, but like you mentioned, a couple, a lot of blocks, a lot of hit batters. And then Brad Woodburn drove in that double, a basis clearing double. And that's something that has kind of eluded the, the Trojans here so far this year. As coming into this game, out of their 84 total hits, only 19 extra bases, and they were all doubles. But that's something that Coach Allison said is going to come eventually. Uh, looking back there, uh, they're start of their season they're striking out a lot so weren't even making contact with the ball so they focused on making contact more and they started to do that they're starting to see the the fruits of their labor as they got on the board there a lot of patience at the plate they didn't strike out very much and do, in doing so they were able to put up a lot of runs and they're starting to see it really pay off for them we said that kid's name was woodburn yeah that's brad woodburn brad woodburn well i had him down as a player of the game because i thought that was uh, that was the the nail in the coffin, I guess. So you would say. Yeah, Woodburn ended up going two for four and had those three RBI. Um, and and I I had him down as our kind of secondary player of the game with those stats. Uh, during my broadcast, I ended up giving it to uh, Nate Smithberg because of the strong pitching outing that he had. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Brad Woodburn and could easily be a player of the game as well uh, with with those two three RBIs on that double. Well, your left fielder made the best defensive play I've seen all year long. Uh, could you talk about yeah, that Evan, play? Evan, Evan Haynes out there in left field, he's been moved around the outfield quite a bit. We've seen him start in all three positions, in center field right and in left. 
Uh, it has had some struggles so far in the season at times in the outfield. Uh, Fairfield as a whole has had some problems with errors throughout the throughout the year so far. Evan had a pretty costly one at the beginning of the season where he dropped a, a routine flight ball that eventually led to two runs. But to see him make that play, he is a senior. He knows what he's doing out there, and he made a great diving play on a kind of sinking flight ball in the uh, left center field gap. Uh, so it's great to see him come up with that play, and, and great for the team really to play solid defense in this one as I believe they only had one error as a team that cost them the one, the, the one run. But, yeah, Evan Haynes, again, having a great play in, in the left center field gap, diving for it, and making just an excellent catch. Well, not only did he cover a lot of ground, but that ball was slicing away from him. You know, yeah, it was it was hit off of I believe it was a lefty that hit it, or yeah, a lefty that hit off, hit it, which would have been it would have been tailing back towards center field. Uh, so he covered he did cover a lot of ground, uh, and I think that helps as a guy who does have speed. Uh, Evan, I know, is a multi multi sport athlete who's part of the football team, also part of the basketball team. So he has speed, he has the legs to do so, and he and he proved it there again, covering a lot of ground in that uh, left field. Yeah, that, that there was a couple runners on base. He doesn't catch that ball. There's two runs, maybe three runs come in, and it's a whole new ball game at that point. So that was another right. really key and, and, play. And I believe that was the third out of the inning as well. So it, it got them out of the inning, got them out of a little bit of a trouble of a trouble situation. And Evan Haynes proving why he deserves to be in the outfield, even though he struggled to start the year. Well, Washington shortstop, I believe his name is Patterson, and I kind of remember him from the basketball team. Uh, he, he really made some great defensive plays too, didn't he? Yeah, he was pretty impressive. It's my first time seeing him. Uh, you know, I started this this job just over a year ago, and I didn't get a chance to see Washington play. Uh, but he, he was pretty impressive out there. I, I remember hearing his name as well uh, during basketball, so I know he's a good athlete. And, yeah, like you mentioned, he had a, a good game as well, especially defensively. In, in a game where, you know, coming into this one, Fairfield had struck out a lot, especially early in the season, and their focus has been on put the, put the ball and play more. And when you do that, you, you risk, you know, getting a lot of ground ball outs. And whenever you run into a good defensive player like that, it, it definitely helps a team like Washington. And, and going into this game, you also look at it, in their eight games going into this one, Washington had put up 30 errors. So in a game against a team that has committed that many errors in so many or so few of games, I should say, it's it's impressive to see defensive, a defensive player on that team playing so well like uh, Patterson did. Well, I saw really excellent outfield play on both teams. Uh, both teams' right fielders made some pretty impressive plays. Uh, the center fielders made all the plays that, that came their way, and then the that kid in left field just made the, the the best play I've seen any player make in all the games that I've seen this year. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, kind of like I mentioned before, both of these teams have came into this game with uh, some poor defense. They both put up a lot of errors, and so when you see great defensive plays being made, not very many errors being played, you got to point to their head, both head coaches and go, hey, these guys have noticed the problem, and they're working on fixing it, and that's what both teams showed tonight. Yeah. Once uh, Smithburg came out of the lineup, uh, Washington actually hit the ball very well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was a little concerning to, to see them start uh, barreling up the ball a little bit, even though there was a big lead for Fairfield. No lead is safe, especially in high school. We've seen that before. 
And so they, they did it, do a nice job barreling it up a lot better and, and getting some guys on. And I got to admit, as, as someone who's mainly focused on Fairfield, it was a little bit confusing for me seeing all the six, the, the players' last name six coming in for them. Uh, but, but yes, like you mentioned, especially the bottom part of the order and, and guys like Isaac Better, who did come around to score their, their run, and Luke Ben Blossom, those were the eight and nine batters in their lineup. Those two both did re- really well against Chandler Pumphrey. Uh, toward the toward the back half of the, of the game after Smithburg came out. Yeah, that Vitters kid, I thought he hit the ball out of the park, but it looked like it landed three-fourths the way up on the fence. Yeah, it came pretty close. It was pretty much right down that line, too. Uh, like the, the fielder we mentioned earlier, Evan Haynes, he had a good read on it, but that far down the line, you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to make that play when you're playing in the gap. Um, but, yeah, you got to hold that one. I thought it was out off the bat, uh, but like you mentioned, it hit off the fence, and, and Fairfield caught a little bit of a break there. Yeah, but even when the, the outfielders didn't wasn't able to get to the balls because they were, you know, well hit and wait right down the line, uh, the next batter up seemed like he also hit a, a, a ball almost out of the park, maybe not quite as far as the first one, but uh, – they did field the ball off the wall well. They cut. They 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 narrowed the the gap that they had to uh, to to field the ball, and they got it back to the cutoff man, and uh, you know eliminated uh, extra bases. So I mean, I, I was really impressed with with both teams. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I was I was impressed too. Uh, you did see the, you know, the one run Washington did get was a a ball that got past the Fairfield shortstop Case and Miller. On a, and I cut off throw that allowed him to score instead of staying at third. So I guess, you know, I'm, I'll talk to Coach Allison tomorrow, but I'm sure, you know, if you ask him about it, he's, he'll say that that play should be made. But when you're winning by that big of a margin, you're not going to harp too much on it because you can you can have a little bit of weight there. Well, uh, outside the uh, starting pitcher for Washington, the other pitchers seemed to pitch fairly well, didn't they? Yeah, especially the, the uh, AJ Six. He came in and I believe the fourth inning and pitched the rest of the way. Uh, after seeing Williams come in and throw an inning, then you had Aiden Six come in and throw throw the third. AJ Six came in in the fourth and shut the really shut the Trojans down, and it was the best pitching that we saw from from uh, Washington throughout really the entire game. Fairfield must have had a good a good read on uh, Slagle as he was a starter, but they really pummeled him and, and was able, I don't know, maybe he was tipping pitches. There we got a lot of walks as well, but H.A. Six came in the fourth inning and I don't believe gave up a run in his three innings of, of relief. So, or I guess two innings that Fairfield didn't bat in the seventh. Uh, but yeah, H.A. Six came in and really shut things down to those last few innings. Yeah, they had number six and several players named six. So it was uh... a... <laughs> It yeah, I guess six is wild in that game. I, I, I was just glad, and I said this on on the air. I'm glad they didn't all come on base together. So I'm not going on the bases six, six, and six. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess it would be fitting if their team names the demons, huh? Yeah, they're demons. They're all named six. That's pretty funny. So yeah. let's let's talk a little bit. Let's go back to Nathan uh, Smithberg. I'd like to comment a little bit on his pitching. He stayed in uh, the strike zone. He he, yeah. he he didn't seem like he was trying to strike people out. He his defense was stellar behind him, and uh, uh, he he pitched uh, the kind of game he needed to pitch to win that game, didn't he? Yes, he did, and and he he's a senior in this in this team. He is arguably the number one starter. They kind of have four guys that they 
they like to rotate in as starters. But yeah, he's definitely up there as, as potentially the number one guy. He attacks the strike zone very well. He's got that electric fastball that can just jump out of his hand. And it's got a little bit of a two-seam action as well. It's not necessarily straight. It's got a little bit of that arm side action. When you have a, a hard-throwing lefty who can mix in his off-speed pitch as well and throw him for strikes and throw anything for a strike anytime he wants, that's a pretty impressive pitcher in baseball. You know, just coming into this game, he had a .82 ERA in 17 innings. And that's just going to drop even more as he threw five and didn't allow a run. So, yeah, Nate Smithberg showing why he's a senior, why he's a leader in this team. And and being a strong lefty and a guy who can, who can throw hard but mix in, break some stuff, and throw everything for strikes is exactly the type of start that you wanted uh, if you're Coach Allison in the first game of this doubleheader. Well, Cole Williams uh, in the games that I've seen them play uh, is really, you know, one of their – best hitters, their big RBI guy. And, uh, but he's left-handed and Cole was left-handed. That was the first left-handed pitcher that I've seen. And I, I just think a little bit, uh, just his left-handedness gave, uh, was, was the, the Washington Hears were struggling with that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, it did seem to bother, you know, I, I talked about on the broadcast, the Washington's Cole Williams came in batting 348. Like you mentioned, he's a big, strong left-handed batter. And, and they haven't seen hardly any left-handed pitching. And, and Smithberg shut him down. I believe Williams was 0 for 2 against against Smithberg with a couple of ground outs. Yeah, just a couple of ground outs to the second baseman that, that uh, like you say, just that angle and that uh, it, it's tough on left-handers to face left-handers. And it's tough on right-handers to face left-handers if they don't see left-handers a lot. It's just something different. And like you say, he did have some velocity. And uh, he, he stayed in the strikes. And he didn't overthrow pitches and – and have a big pitch count. Do you know what his pitch count was? I no, I don't. I don't have that on me. On me. Um, I will say there was a slight concern. I, I, I think he might have been pulled for a possible injury. Um, as I as I was getting ready to leave the field between games, his coach, Coach Allison, was kind of checking on his knee a little bit. So he may have had, might have had a bit of an issue there, uh, but it didn't seem to be too much. As as Smithberg actually went out. Whenever he got pulled from pitching, he warmed up at first base. And then as they were getting ready to pitch, they actually switched him out for Nate Woodburn, who started the game in right field. So I think there might have been a bit of a, a bit of a problem of a possible injury with him. I'll have to, I'll have to check with Coach uh, tomorrow. But regardless, I think in a 9 nothing lead and you have, a, when you have a guy like that, you want to save him, especially as a part of a doubleheader, as he could possibly come in and, and give some relief in that second game. Well, I do think that he's enough of a, an athlete for them that uh, how he goes is how that team's going to go. Uh, although uh, uh, a player I'm very familiar with, Tate Allen, was in the game, and I thought he played a pretty good game. Yeah, he did. Uh, doing some designated hitting, you don't see that very often from Tate, as he typically starts either on the mound or behind the plate, but uh, I believe he might have gotten the start in the second game, which is why they decided just to DH him for the first one. And, yeah, he went, I believe, one for three. I don't have the, the, the scorebook right in front of me. I believe he went one for three, but he also worked a couple of walks and had a had a good count. And, and Teddy, after watching him throughout the year this year in, in multiple stores, he's a heck of an athlete, and he is. He's a leader. He, like I mentioned, he does, he does catch often, and, and he's a leader behind the plate as well. Uh, growing up, I grew up in the St. Louis area, and when I see Tate Allen, 
He's behind the plate, directing everybody, wearing number four. As a St. Louis guy, I have to thank Yadier Molina, but that's that's the type of guy you get from Tate Allen. And, and even when he's not in the game, you know, like I mentioned, he's de-aging, so he's spending a lot of time uh, in the dugout. After it, after an inning, he would be the first one to be out of the dugout and going to greet the guys, especially whoever was pitching, whether it was Smithburg or Humphrey. Whoever it was, he'd go out and immediately greet them, tell them great job, and, and get them going. So he's a guy that, that is definitely a leader in that clubhouse and, and is also a multi-sport athlete, and he's only a junior, so he's got another year to go after this one. Well, that's, that's a, a terrific one. Uh, let me ask you, who are outside of the Trojans, and, and you're, you're, you're covering the team, so you're seeing all the teams in the, that they're playing. Give me some of the athletes that you've seen that have impressed you on the other teams this year. Um, oh man, that they yeah, really put me on the spot here. Um, so I, I cover I, my main, my main team, of course, is Fairfield in both baseball and softball. And, and I know we're talking about baseball, but on the Fairfield softball side, I just have to mention her real quick. Hannah Simpson may be the best. She's one of the best, if not the best hitter in softball in the state. Uh, she hit her third home run of the season and it was out by a long shot tonight uh, i remember i was i was calling their game in in burlington and at the softball field in burlington there's a flagpole in center field like right past center field wall the flag was at half mass she hit she hit the flag while it was waving on a home run um, she, so I, I, she I, hit I, a big one into the uh oh what is that little shelter area that that was a pretty pretty impressive yeah. hit tonight that, uh, yeah, she hit one, and the shelter area is probably about 20 feet behind the fence in right field, and it's probably another 20 feet up. So I, I don't, I can't do the math that quickly, but maybe do the math on just how far she hit that one. Um, I, yeah, when when talking about athletes across the state, it's it's hard not to at least mention her name because of just how how impressive she has been uh, yeah. throughout the beginning part of the year I think and really she, just picking off where she left, left left off last year too i think when that ball hit that shoulder it cracked it's a big noise i think that got uh, lee Munson's dogs a barking there <laughs> yeah i believe it he he texted me afterwards about it and and it was it was pretty impressive to see uh or, or just even hear about but to see as well i mean she does some pretty impressive things out there and if you are in, in southeast iowa and you want to go see a good softball player Fairfield's got a couple of them here. Anna Simpson can can hit the ball out pretty much anytime she wants. And Cody Engel, who is only a junior this year, is a great pitcher. She's a strikeout pitcher. And uh, so that's just a couple of players to watch out for uh, here in southeast Iowa for the Fairfield Trojans on the softball side. Well, I see uh, that I talked to one of the umpires, and I've been hearing about the, the umpire shortage. And I understand you did a story on that. You may be the, the guy that's the most up on that. So can you talk to about what's going on with that? Yeah. So there is, you know, we've, we've heard about it over and over again about a, a umpire shortage and, and official shortage going on really across the country. And Iowa has been a, has seen a huge problem with that. And, and, it's not just in baseball. However, baseball has a big is a big part of it. Uh, according to the uh, Iowa High School Athletic Association's director of officials, I, I got in contact with him a little bit. It is in a crisis. If you look back to 2010, the IHSAA had a total of 1,313 umpires. 
just for baseball. Today, they're at 668 across the entire state, and that's at about a 15.8% decrease just in the last 12 years. And uh, if you look at the cross total as a whole, between their main their main sports of football, basketball, wrestling, soccer, and baseball, officials are down 20% since 2010, and over 50% of those are over the age of 50. So you're looking at not only having, you know, umpires but and officials but having that as an issue ongoing as without these younger younger people getting into it without those without the younger kids and you know 20s 30s whatever it may be you're going to see more retire you're going to see more leave and it's going to hurt hurt even more and when you see the reasons why age is part of it but then also you're seeing videos across social media pop up of of players not so much players, maybe because they are kids, but coaches and especially parents. Parents are the big ones. They are both verbally and, in some instances, physically abusing officials. And whenever you see that, it makes them want to quit, and it makes people who thought about doing it not want to do it anymore. And and we're seeing it nationwide, but here in Iowa, especially in baseball for the umpires and softball too, it is a it is becoming a crisis with the umpire shortage. And uh, according to uh, the uh, Louis Curtis, who is the director of officials, the biggest problem they see is in the rural areas. So if you're listening and you're especially if you're in a rural area, they are having problems. And we've seen some games that are scheduled already have to be canceled due to not being able to schedule officials. And then when you add in, you know, uh, rain cancellations, things like that, it is only going to get worse as we go throughout the season. Well, we're talking to Nathan Piercy, who's the sports director at both Classic 96 and 1570 KMCD out of Fairfield. So, uh, Nathan, uh, I want to hear a little bit about yourself and uh, what's it like to replace a legend like Lee, Lee Munch? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I uh, this is uh, actually my first full-time uh, radio gig as I worked part-time in St. Louis. Uh, I was a board operator down at KMOX, uh, which if you know – pretty much anything about baseball. You know, Camel X has been the legendary station for the St. Louis Cardinals for many years. Uh, I did board ops, especially for the the Cardinal games, and that's where I learned a lot about sports casting. Um, but, yeah, coming up here and replacing a guy like Lee Munz, you know, everywhere I turned, especially for the first few months, every time I said, oh, yeah, I work here and I'm the sports director, everybody's like, oh, you got big shoes to fill for Lee, and – I'm still kind of getting that, not so much anymore. I think I've kind of I've, I've made a name for myself a little bit, making sure I get everything out there and and being open and upfront, also honest uh, when it comes to to sports and, and how they're played and things like that. If someone has a bad game, I'm going to say they have a bad game. I'm not going to go, oh, well, it's just an off night, things like that. I'm, I'm going to be blunt and honest with them, but – yeah, it was it was a little tough at first taking over for Lee. Uh, Lee was here for I believe over thirty years, and he just decided to retire. And so coming up, and it it, it, it has been pretty big shoes to fill as, fill as I'm coming up my first year here. Uh, but it's been a great time. I've learned a lot, and I uh, look forward to providing great sports coverage for Southeast Iowa, especially those uh, here in Fairfield. Well, Lee Munts uh, had a job that he loved, and uh... yeah. Work with people that he loved and uh, had a career that he loved. So maybe you yeah, do, maybe you have a, it, a, a, a a job that maybe you could uh, be the next Lee Munts and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
and it's funny because he's retired, yet I think he's still at just as many, if not more, sporting events than I am. Yeah. Um, so he he really does love love sports and, and, and loves seeing the high school sports around here, seeing all these kids that he's seen grow up, and maybe some of them even as their parents grow up. Uh, so he's still he's still around. In fact, I saw him at the game tonight. He was giving me updates because I was calling the baseball game. He was giving me updates on the softball game. So, yeah, I feel like even though he's retired, he's not really. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Nathan. Is there anything we didn't get a, we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I, I'm, I don't think so. Um, if, if you're if you are interested, especially in the whole uh, official shortage thing. Uh, and you and you want to get involved? There are ways. Just go over to the uh, IHSAA.org/officials, and they have the whole way to sign up there. You got to you, you do have to take a test, but once you pass it, you're ready to go. And and if you are interested at all, I, I would suggest doing it. Is is like I mentioned before, they desperately need it, and it's a little bit of extra money in your pocket as well. Yeah, I imagine it'd be a good way. To, is there a way to? Uh, is there a way to? Find this article that you did. Is it on a? a yeah, it, on uh, it's on or? our website. It is our website is exploreseiowa.com, and it'll be under the sports tab on our local sports. And looking at it now, it is about the sixth story down. I've still got it up there. Um, you'll just have to scroll past a few uh, updates from from local scores. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's it's still on our page, and I've got it up there for a while. Uh, and, and the link is there, and how to become an official is, is on that on that article as well. Again, that website is exploreseiowa.com. So, uh, Nathan, we just have a couple minutes left. Let, let our listeners know how they can follow sports, election results, uh, the news that's going on today through your radio station. Yeah, so at our website, like I mentioned, exploreseiowa.com, we do have a, a stream of our FM station. That's 95.9 Classic 96. Our, we have a morning show that runs from 6 to 8.30, where we'll talk news, sports, a little bit of entertainment as well. Uh, you'll also get, uh, especially in the, in the ag, ag area, we'll have uh, uh, market numbers, everything you need there. Uh, you can listen to us there. Um, also on the dial, if you, if you are in, in Southeast Iowa, uh, our FM station, KKMT, is 95.9, or 95.9, I should say. Then our AM station is 15.70. Which we have news at the top of the hour every every hour from CBS News, and um, then also our local news and local sports at twelve and five on both stations. Um, and yeah, classic country on the AM and FM is uh, classic hits, a lot of uh, classic rock. And so yeah, that's how you find us um, again online. It's exploreseiowa.com. Well, it's been a great talking to you. Uh... You know, uh, I've never been hit by a tornado, and I think that's 90% Lee Munch, to be honest with you. Yeah? <laughs> you know, because he's, he's always telling me, you know, you got a tornado, and I go the other direction. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. He, <laughs> but I guess that, that responsibility falls to you now. Oh, well, like, like we always say on our station, we don't make the weather. We just, we just tell you about it. We just read it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't make it. If you got a problem with it, tell uh, the, the folks over at uh, the National Weather Service or Mother Nature. I think that's the best one to take it up with. Well, Nathan Piercy calls a, a great game. He's an entertaining sportscaster, and uh, he looks like he got some years to 
to keep up on high school sports. And Nathan Piercy is going to be your guy. Thanks for being on the show, Nathan. All right. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, hey, I'm, if you're interested in anything Fairfield sports, that's what I cover mostly. And, uh, of course, uh, I cover a little bit of the Cardinal Comets, Van Buren County Warriors, and Pekin Panthers as well. But my main team, since we are located in Fairfield, is Fairfield. And I'm always happy to, to answer any questions about it. Well, I've heard Car- Cardinals got a pretty good team, and I'm always interested in Pekin. That's my school district. So, oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll catch up with you again. We're out of time. Uh, this has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that won't give you the blues. As we were covering the rivalry game of the week, it was uh, the Washington Demons at the Fairfield Trojans. Uh, stand by. We've got a couple more interviews for you. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents the rivalry game of the week. Now, uh, we talked to uh, Nathan uh, Piercy of uh, KMCD about the first game, but we got Cole Cook on the line for a little analysis of the second game. Welcome to the program, Cole. Yeah, appreciate it, Dave. So uh, uh, give us a little rundown of, of how things went in the second game. So the second game was a very highly contested matchup. Uh, different from the first, Washington had some control issues in game number one. That was not the case. In game two, Isaac Vetter was fantastic on the hill. Really, both pitchers at Tate Allen for uh, Fairfield. Uh, they just went toe-to-toe. It was 1-1 after the first. Both pitchers settled in nicely, and the game was cruising along. Uh, Fairfield got their second run in the fifth. Washington answered right back. And, uh, yeah, both both starters went into the seventh. Tate Allen ended up being the winning pitcher. Isaac Vetter went six and a third, just gave up the two runs for the Demons. Uh, it was kind of a weird ending to the game on a Fairfield had first and second with one away and pass ball that allowed them to advance to third, and then the throw to third got away. So on the air, the runner at third and uh, was able to come home to score, and that was – the walk-off winner for Fairfield, but the nightcap was definitely a much more contested, contested uh, contest. Well, we, we cover the rivalry games. The first game we did was uh, Sigourney at Kyoto, and then we last week we did uh, uh, we went to Washington and saw the Mount Pleasant Washington game, and then tonight was another uh, great example of a, of a rivalry. I know Fairfield and Washington and Mount Pleasant have all played each other hundreds of times, over a hundred years probably, uh, but. Uh, the, I thought the defense was actually the best of the, the games that I saw this week, although Sigourney, they, they had some pretty good defense, but uh, your defense was much better, and Fairfield uh, showed some pretty great defense, uh, a tremendous catch in left field uh, that, that stopped some runs from coming in for Fairfield in that first game. Can you talk about and, and the, the Patterson kid at shortstop? Boy, he made some great plays uh, in the first, so – and all the outfielders seem to play really well. So did, did you think that the defense is kind of improving? Oh, no question. Yeah, both sides, like you said, uh, game one was was a good defensive outing and for both teams, and same with the nightcap. I mean, not, not too many errors in the game. It's unfortunately it kind of the game two ended on a uh, throwing error, but the defense definitely was cleaned up. From Washington's sake, that was a bugaboo in the first couple of weeks. That was not the case tonight. Game one, it was the walks, and then, you know, at game two, both teams played hard. Some teams got to come out on the uh, winning end. The other has got to come out on the losing end. But I would say, uh, yeah, defensively for both squads, Fairfield and Washington, uh, a lot to be proud of uh, in that double dip tonight. 
Well, that was, I, I listened to the second game on the radio, and you guys just had great chemistry, uh, great stories, very jovial. Uh, it was uh, uh, just kind of two guys joking around with each other that came across really well. It was a really pleasant listen. Uh, who is this this uh, color guy that you got? He's really adding a lot to what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's Todd Patterson. He's uh, Todd Patterson, uh, Ethan's dad. Yeah, we like to we like to joke around and have some fun. That's for sure. A lot of a lot of time to a lot of time to fill in a, a baseball broadcast. So yeah, we like to have some fun. Yeah, I think having that second guy really really puts the just. You know, because it's, it's a long game. I mean, it's 14 innings. It, the major leaguers don't go out and play 14 innings a night, you know. I mean, uh, you're really going to go through some pitchers and, uh, you know, you just have one bad inning, and uh, which is kind of what happened that first game. But I didn't understand because I thought we were off to a good, really good start. I thought, oh, this game's going to go quick and uh, it's going to be a real pitching battle. And then I don't understand why why a pitcher pitches so good in one inning and the next inning he can't find the strike zone. It's uh, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely moving uh, for the most part. Not too often does a baseball doubleheader get it done before softball, but uh, that was the case tonight in Fairfield. Well, we were lucky to stay uh, not getting hit by softballs the way that gal uh, in Fairfield hits home runs. Yeah, the yeah uh, Fairfield's got some hammer, uh, hammers, and uh, as I as I speak, the second game was kind of going down to the wire. Washington was leading eleven eight in extras. Uh, there's no final last score yet, but it looked like that second game was a was a good one on the softball side. So uh, you guys had almost uh, your eight and nine hitters in the it was it the sixth or seventh inning of the game? Uh, I maybe it was the sixth inning. Uh, I thought the I thought the first guy almost hit the ball out of the park. Uh, it looked like it hit maybe three quarters up on the wall, and then another ball uh, almost left the park. It was real close to down the line. Uh, who are those kids, and, and uh, have they displayed that kind of power before? Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, off the top of my head. Eight, nine slot, uh, Isaac Vetter and uh, Luke Bean Blossom. I think were kind of in those spots. There's there's a couple that was hit off the uh, wall. I know uh, Lucas Kroll had some hard hit balls to uh, left field. Ethan Patterson has uh, shown some pop. While it's not really in the home run total, I think for Washington on the year, but they definitely have some. Some batters that can hit, and uh, you know every every team kind of goes into maybe a slump at some point. They had ten hits combined in the two games, which isn't bad, but uh, I know they they have ability to put on a lot more, a lot more hits and a lot more runs uh, throughout. Um, so yeah, they they've got some guys with a little bit of pop. Your first baseman, I believe his name is Cole Williams. He's a left-hander, uh, and and. Uh... I was kind of impressed with him uh, in Mount, the Mount Pleasant game. He made some nice defensive plays, and he barreled up a ball pretty well that uh, seemed to really – he really drove it into the outfield. Uh, he had a little trouble with with uh, Smithburg, uh, the left-handed on left-handed uh, thing. I, I think the, that might have been a factor. But he seems like a pretty good hitter to me. What are you, what are you seeing in him? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cole Williams has been doing it. Last couple of years, I mean, he's he's in the cleanup spot for a reason. He, he's able to hit with a lot of power. He does a good job of pulling, but he's also able to uh, poke the ball the other way when need be. Uh, Cole Williams has some great power, and then uh, first base, he really fields the ball well. He's he's able to uh, kind of 
uh, help out his infield a little bit and scoop the balls out that are low and uh, he's able to stretch well and uh, just does a good good job fielding his position so he's really an all-around good ball player for wash he came in and pitched pretty well too and he came in with the bases loaded and uh, got a quick out and uh, you know but he was in the strike zone he was attacking uh, attacking hitters I, I thought he you know I think he's a pretty good player. Your shortstop's really good. The third baseman made a couple nice quick plays and showed a pretty strong arm to get the nip a couple runners at first base. Uh, the The conference has fairly got parity. It seems like uh, Burlington seems to be better than everybody else, but uh, the Fairfields, the Fort Madisons, the, Mort Platt, the, the Mount Pleasants, the Washingtons, they kind of seem to be pretty close to each other, don't they? Yeah, they're really beating up on each other uh, for sure, which makes for some highly contested games like it was in uh, game number two. And, you know, it's kind of a, a blessing and, the cur- and a curse at the same time. You know, you got teams that are, are really even beating up on each other, and that makes the league so tough, which, you know, at the time you might be seeing some more losses than uh, or your record might be a little deceiving in what you are, and I think that's kind of the case for Washington. But, you know, that could actually help you down the line as well once you get to the postseason and maybe get out of the conference a little bit um, and maybe not see so much uh, really good pitching and uh, just good hitting teams uh, like the Southeast Conference really has. So you, you got to see Nate Smithberg of Fairfield, and uh, I was really impressed that he, like I say, he, he just relied on his defense. He stayed in the strike zone. He didn't give a lot of free passes. I think maybe one. Uh you know, he didn't have to strike everybody out, but uh, he's probably one of the league's good pitchers. Can you tell me about some of the some of his performance and maybe some of the other pitchers around the league that you think are, are pretty sharp? Yeah, Smithberg was in control in that first game. He's a lefty. Well, starts off, he, he mixes his pitch as well, and when you get on, he knows how to hold on the runners. I mean, he's got a wicked pickoff move at first, and Washington saw that firsthand. They actually – Got picked off a couple times tonight. Uh, so even if you get on base, it's hard to run on him, which that's a hard combination regardless for a lefty, but especially with a guy with a good move like him. And he was mix- mixing his pitches, made things tough on Washington. They only had five hits. And, uh, you know, the, you could pretty much go to every every school down the line. Uh, the ace, when you talk about the number one or number two pitcher, it's going to be a tough night for, for an offense to really get things going because, yeah, there's there's a lot of them in the deep SEC. You mentioned Burlington. They are, they are off to a fantastic start. They're able to put up a lot of runs but able to mow people down um, as well. And, uh, we saw Fairfield uh, tonight, Fort Madison, um, and uh, Keokuk is, seems to be a much improved team from uh, years past. So, really, when you look at it, there's no off night or there's a night that you can take it easy in the SEC because you're probably going to get burned for a couple losses if you do that. Well, the, was the, the, the kid that pitched the second game was for you guys, was his name Vivito or? Yeah, uh, so uh, Isaac Vetter was Vetter. his name. And, uh, yeah, he did a heck of a job, six and a third, and just gave up two runs and six hits and really gave his team a chance to win. Yeah, he sounded like he was uh, on, had rare form tonight and, he might be one of the, the league's better pitchers too, is he? It was definitely the best outing I've ever seen from him. Uh, he's he's made a big step 
big leap in his junior campaign, that's for sure. He got a handful of innings last year as a sophomore, and that's got to be uh, a confidence boost for him to put that outing together moving forward. So are you covering any other – you're calling any other teams' games, or is it just all Washington? Uh, I cover I cover uh, all Washington games. And then uh, Zach Eulin, our other guy at KCI, he does uh, mostly Mid-Prairie, Hillcrest, uh, some other uh, Super Conference teams as well. But, yeah, mostly mostly I do uh, Washington baseball and softball. Yeah, that, that – uh, um... Mid-Prairie, they're, they're having a heck of a season. I think they're ranked fourth right now. Uh, I might actually go see them tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, talk to me about KCI and their sports coverage. I mean, it's where we get all our – it's where Scotty Melvin and I get all our information. And we're looking on your website for the scores, and, you know, you put you put so much great information out, and there's always such great competition. Tell us, our listeners, how, how they can follow sports through KCI and, and – uh, the website, the streaming service, and everything that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, KCIIRadio.com, if you just click on the sports tab, we got all the latest uh, headlines as far as sports stories go. Yeah, we try and get to as many recaps as possible in the area. We have 10 different schools we cover, so you can just go online, find it there. Uh, we broadcast as, uh, quite a few games throughout the week. If you ever want to find out what's our next game we're going to listen to, just Click on the library of sports guide. It's online uh, under that sports tab. Um, so you can find out what game we got coming up next. And uh, so outside of that, you can listen to the broadcast later in our on-demand section as well. Uh, so Zach and I, yeah, we handle all the sports. And uh, it's, a, it's a busy time of the year for sure. And try and keep up with everything. But, yeah, we just try and touch on with all of our 10 teams. So pretty much you can find everything at KCIIRadio.com or uh, listen to us on the radio, which are the three signals, uh, FM 106.1. That's usually Washington baseball and softball games. And then Mid-Prairie Hillcrest is usually AM 1380 and FM 102.5. Well, uh, your basketball team really had an outstanding season. Uh, did you enjoy covering it? Oh, yeah, that was that was fantastic year for the Demon Boys. Came up a little short of a state bid, I know. They had the talent for it, and that was the ultimate goal, but nothing to take away from a third straight SEC championship. And, I mean, when you when you win almost uh, 20 games, there, that's nothing to scuff at. And, yeah, it was a definite fun ride for a senior-heavy team, that's for sure. I remember when you played uh, Ottumwa. I really enjoyed that game because Ottumwa was hot, and they just beat a really big school. And then they came in there, and you guys uh, – uh, really took it to them, although they, they really caught up right at the, the end of the game, and then you made some good shots down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, we, we our listeners really enjoyed hearing about uh, your, your the basketball team. Uh, what were some of the highlights for the season that you thought of? Oh, man, there's a, there's a lot when you're, when you're talking about uh, almost 20 wins throughout the season. Uh, obviously winning third straight Southeast Conference title was a huge one. If we're talking games, I think probably early on in the year, they beat Pella, who at the time was like the second-ranked team in the state. They're, I mean, defending champions from the previous year. They just missed out on making the state tournament again. I think that was probably the first win on the year that, okay, this is a Washington team that's, that's you knew coming in there had high, high expectations, but I think outside of the SEC, I think that was the first win where it, where the, the state was put on notice that Washington could be 
a formidable foe. And they definitely were. Unfortunately, the, the playoff game against Solon was an off night. And in the playoffs, all it takes is one and done. But, yeah, they had a memorable season on the hardwood, that's for sure. And the Southeast Iowa Conference was uh, just outstanding, wasn't it? I mean, all the teams were. You know, so it was you- very – I sound like a broken record because I say baseball is highly contested, but I don't think it even touches basketball. I mean, there's so many games, not only this year, but the last couple of years where Washington has won the SEC crown, but by no means was it easy. Always went right down to the last week, last game. And a lot of the contests were single digit games that last two minutes is when it was decided. And that made a battle tested, um, moving to the postseason. So, yeah, it was it was a good league this year on the basketball side. Well, you guys were rated, you know, in the top five. Uh, Fort Madison was rated number one for a while. And Burlington was the team that really took it uh, deep into the into the playoffs. So, I mean, just – and then the, they played a brutal uh, out-of-conference schedule with big schools like Ottumwa. You know, it was a, it was a really exciting season, but uh, – Let's switch over. Well, I got a few more minutes left. Let's talk a little bit about the football team. Uh, I know that the, they can start doing some practices in June. So, uh, how's the football team shaping up? Yeah, coming off of a tough season in 2021, they were three and six, which was a disappointing campaign for sure. But the thing about it, they were really young, especially on the offensive line. Well, pretty much. The, most of that offensive line is coming back. So you expect them to be a lot better, and that's where any offense starts, right? So uh, when you have that, you have a second-year quarterback in Ethan Patterson. We already talked about him on the baseball side. He is a playmaker. So if he can get some playmakers outside, they should be a lot better offensively. And then uh, defensively, shore some things up, get a lot of pieces back. And I think it'll be an improved uh, team in bunch on the fall and, and the gridiron once we get there in a couple months. Well, it's been a, a really enjoyable talking to you, and I appreciate the, the insight on the football and the basketball. Uh, was there any spring sports that you, you did really well? It seemed like the golf had uh, – did you have Roman Roth? Was he on, on the Washington team? Yep. Uh, he hails from Waco, but he plays golf at Washington. He had state golf, yeah, for both the boys and girls. The girls always make it. They had a top six finish. The boys placed 10. So it was a big year on the yeah, on the links. And then you move to uh, soccer. Both uh, boys and girls soccer were right there. I think uh, a win, a program record on the boys' side as far as wins go. So that was a big year. And then pretty much all the spring sports because track, I mean, track had a top five finish that stayed on the boys' side. So can't ask for much more. Had a couple of state qualifiers on the girls as well. So, yeah, all the spring sports were really cooking at Washington. So, uh, you know, you're putting in a late night tonight. You're, you're Some of these uh, games you may not get home till midnight or later. Uh, uh, is it is it a labor of love? Do you really enjoy what you're doing? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, you kind of have to look at it as labor of love because there's definitely some games. Sometimes at 2 a.m. when you when you hit the pillow, you hit your uh, face on the pillow, and then you blink, and then it's the morning. You got your alarm ready to do it all over again the next day. It's uh, it's a lot of hours for sure, but yeah, when you're watching sports and uh, talking about it, I, I guess there's worse things in the world. We'll say that, Dave. 
Well, I, I appreciate I mean, you, you put in a really long day and then you had a little time out to talk to me and I, I appreciate it. So I'll let you get closer to your pillow if, uh, and let you go. But uh, thanks for being on the show. Good stuff. I well, appreciate it, Dave. Have a good one. All right. This has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that won't give you the blues. And once again, thanks to Corwin Henshaw, Henshaw Trailers for helping us be able to put on these programs for you. Thanks again.